Hey everybody, welcome to the Come Out Heavy podcast. Today we're just catching up. Devin lives nine hours away and, you know, we usually call each other and bullshit and sit there and talk about basically everything. So, what's up, asshole? What are you up to? <laughs> yeah, trying to deal with this bullshit white stuff that came down on the 23rd of October. Yeah, it's <laughs> ridiculous. Minus yeah. 12 here this morning and four inches of snow. It's, I mean, that's not as bad as down here, but we have four inches of snow. It's like plus two now, so I can't complain that much, but really throws a damper in a lot of plans, hunting and house related. Yeah, pretty shitty to do your pre-winter yard work when there's snow already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh so what uh what you up to this weekend? Uh well <laughs> the wife forced me into changing winter tires because of the snow. So that that was an activity I'm sure a lot of DC residents got up to today. So did oh, yeah. that. Uh got out uh got out to the polls, did my voting this morning, so that was good. Important to get out there. It felt good to, you know. Make sure that our our opinion is as hunters are put out there. So that was good. What about you? Good. Yeah, I'm gonna head there as soon as uh, as soon as the old lady's off work. Going there, it's there's a lot of hunters that don't go out and vote. You know, like it's a really low percentage, and you know, majority of the hunters are live in northern BC, central BC. You know when. We're outnumbered when it comes down to, to voting, especially when you look at the island and the lower mainland. So every every hunter's vote makes a big difference because we're basically a minority that doesn't have much say on what gets done in our areas. So super yeah. important for for residents to get out there and you know put your input. So. Yeah, I think. I think you're spot on on that. I think uh, people underestimate the value of, of getting out there or voting for the right reasons. So well, this podcast probably come out after after the election for sure. But, it, you know, be thinking about it. Keep it in mind. You know, next time an election comes, if you didn't get out this time, do your research, get out uh, and vote for what's important to you guys. I mean, for us, you know, controlling, you know, our rights out there and what they're doing with the animals that we love to pursue. Um, I think we're going to have to start being more involved in, in the decisions and, and the influence that are happening right now in BC. Yeah. We, we, us as hunters, we got to voice our opinions because look what happened last vote, you know, without any scientific backup, they took away the grizzly bear hunt and yeah, people agree with it, disagree with it, whatever, but when you don't even have a say in it, it's it's pretty shitty. So I hope that's on everybody's minds when they go to the polls there today or if they've done early voting and you know. Yeah. They're not telling yeah. you can people can vote whatever they vote, but just you know, as a hunter or someone that's outdoor enthusiast, have that in the back of your mind. Remember what happened last time. As soon as they start taking one thing away, they're gonna start taking more things away and it starts snowballing and once it's gone it's almost damn near impossible to get it back so i i'm still bitter about the grizzly bear hunt because you know they could have done it a million different ways the way they did it 
was bullshit in my mind and I know a lot of guys' minds. Um, you know, if there was a science behind it, you know, if the numbers were getting down, I could see every hunter definitely getting on board because we're conservationists at the end of the day. Nobody wants to see numbers drop down or animals go extinct, but that's clearly not the case with the grizzly bears. Those bastards are fucking everywhere. Yeah, I think, uh, no, I think you're spot on with that. I think exactly the biggest takeaway from that I see in that, in that grizzly bear topic is the fact that it was social before science. I mean, that, that frustrates a guy more than anything. Uh, I can understand the same way. Like if, like you said, if it's an endangered species, we don't want to see it go to waste, but when it's a social opinion outranks the scientific evidence, that's the most frustrating part. And that's the scary part. Um, that can happen just as easy with certain ungulate species. I'm sure that they're on some of these hit lists that these, these people deem socially unfit to pursue. So no, I think that that's a good, good point. Um, yeah. I mean, without getting too heavy into the politics of it, I think everyone's vote can make a difference, especially like you said, Northern BC interior. Um, yeah. Yeah. Even even down where you're at, down the Kootenays there. Like. Yeah, hundred percent. There's a lot. I mean, lot of lot of bears in the east, east southeast BC, east Kootenay area. I mean, I've you know I got guys I follow and talk to all the time, and you know they're seeing more bears than elk in some valleys, and and that's a that's not a great great way to hunt elk, I would say. No, it's that's bad for everyone. <laughs> yeah. There's so many damn bears around. We were hunting down the Kootenays years ago and we're driving through the subdivision at three in the morning. And yeah. we, <laughs> we hit a I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, I forgot driving about through that. driving through subdivision and a fucking grizzly bear comes out of someone's yard and we yeah. hit it with the front bumper. It scared yeah. the shit out of us. <laughs> Four and in the morning in the dark. Yeah. Did a couple rolls and then took off into someone else's yard. Like that's yeah, real real shortage of bears. That's for sure. Yeah. Fuck me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna once uh, the old lady's off work, we're gonna go down and vote together, and you know, hopefully, hopefully there's a movement. You know, government's never gonna be perfect. We all know that, and they're not gonna please everybody. But you know, if you if you have an opinion, not voting is the worst thing that you could do, in my mind. So yeah, it, I mean it is what it is, right? So yeah, yeah. So other, than, other than that, other I mean, than getting, that. getting involved in the other ways, you know, not just voting. I mean, voting is important, and you know, getting involved in some of your local clubs and and talk about the issues. You know, look into that if you want to get involved. You know, look up yeah. the different societies in BC and the, and the different nonprofit organizations that you know spend a lot of time and money trying to better fish and wildlife in BC. That, that's the other thing I could say is do a little research on the internet and, and find something you can support. It doesn't have to be a lot of money or it doesn't have to be a lot of time, but anything's better than nothing, I think. Yeah, because as soon as they start taking shit away, it's, you know, it ain't coming back most likely. But what do you do? Yeah, I mean, that being said, uh, <clears throat> we are deep into hunting season in BC too. Um Already halfway done, I guess you could say. I would call oh, yeah. it this we were, time of year halfway, halfway done. Halfway now. Yeah. yeah, it's 
basically guys are doing their their late season goat hunts and getting ready for the mule deer rut the way i see it but yeah. what about uh what did you get up to today you know yeah today i well i had aspirations on friday to pack up the quad and the gear and and head for goat but uh just with the snow we got dumped you know we get all that prep to to make sure you're prepared to go in the back country in the snow i wasn't quite ready so kind of putted around like i said changed the tires in the truck um <laughs> tried to start my quad to take it hunting and the battery was dead so dealt with those issues so that's always fucking fun uh, <laughs> yeah that's yeah. always sweet and yeah i think we're gonna just prep to hit the bush tomorrow i haven't been out in a bit now that the the elk season's been closed for a few weeks now and just try to get try to get some late season hunts in um yeah did you get up to anything fun this morning what'd you do oh yeah i drug my ass out of bed went to the gym for the first time in eight months <laughs> and basically tried not to die and they're doing fucking cardio <laughs> fucking hey. pub, pub of shit right now good god That's, oh, but you know what i figured i'd treat myself to a crispy cold boy here <laughs> <laughs> well you know that doesn't I, that I, excites your hunting partner when uh you're actually going to the gym in october instead of talking about getting in shape in august yeah well, yeah. Well, I went. I went for a couple walks before a sheep hunt. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I feel that I can grind it out whether I'm in shape or not in shape. Oh, I know you can okay. grind it out. That's one thing for sure. You might yell at me yeah. a little bit to slow the fuck down sometimes, but. Yeah, way of the road, buddy. Way of the road, you know. Yeah. We all we all don't have time to go to the gym every day. <laughs> or the motivation. Yeah, or the. I'm not even gonna say time. I just say the want. Yeah. Yeah. That's the desire. But yeah, I've the way I find it is the first two days are absolute hell. And then after that everything kinda hurts and you just kinda roll with the punches after that. So Yeah, then you look forward to it almost. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, look forward to getting the fuck out too. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, man. So that's yeah, just hanging out shoveling fucking snow in october it's awesome yeah real Real sweet yeah um (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah probably i'm thinking i'm gonna head to the head to the mountains tomorrow yeah yeah buddy of mine he pulled a deli h draw for goat down here in the south so it's actually his first time gonna be chasing the the white goat as we call him so (laughs) white goat yeah the white goat so that that should be good trying to dust off the old spotter find the tripod for it again i don't know where my pan head is (laughs) (laughs) we might be we might be running it rough tomorrow but we'll see um yeah prepping for the snow which is shitty i mean there's always snow when it comes to late season goat hunting but usually the lower roads are are pretty manageable now we're going to be putting the chains in Probably bring the quad as backup. Just see how far we can get up to even get close to these guys. Yeah, that'll be fun. It's, for me, I, basically, I'm just looking forward to the old deer rut coming up. And I seen some little, little bucks, dog and does the other day, but no big bucks are moving yet. It's still a little early, but 
this bit of a cold snap that's coming through here right now should get things rolling pretty soon. Yeah, I'm sure this weather's got uh, lots of hunters just chomping at the bit now to get back out there. This is, should be good for deer movement for sure, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, they're probably – I find either I see more big bucks in the middle of October kind of cruising and then end of the season, end of November, beginning of December, I see a lot more bigger caliber deer. Then there's always your little dinks running around chasing the does and sparring and whatnot. Yeah, that's minus 12 this morning, so it's it'll definitely get them up and moving and walking around. Now it's just a fine time to fucking get off my fat ass and go find something. Yeah, head out in minus 12, that sounds fun. It's not, it's not always easy, <sighs> but once you're out there, it's always good, I find. Well, it's it's easy. The hardest thing is fucking getting out of bed in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know, I don't know how many times plans to go hunting in the morning and the alarm goes off at five o'clock and you're like yeah i only get two days off this week yeah yeah i'm gonna sit this one out boys sorry yeah i feel like that's a familiar feeling for many weekend warrior hunters as i call them oh just yeah i'll i'll catch the late the late morning hunt eh? <laughs> yeah yeah those are the ones that work half the time you get up man how many times oh. we'd sleep in in elk camp or Vivian in and you'd be like oh fuck it let's just sleep and what happens? You just you roll onto some elk or deer or whatever you're hunting, and it's like ten in the morning or eleven, and you're just like, how often does that happen? It's never at like four a.m. right at daybreak. I find, anyways, like obviously you still can tag out at daybreak, but man, for me, it doesn't happen like that very often. I don't, I don't even no, know if I have a time when I've tagged out at daybreak. You know, same with moose hunting around here. You, I mean, yeah, you see lots right at first light, or but it's you're sitting there watching them in the dark, waiting for it to get light or whatnot. And then you got like my old man who sleeps in till nine, yeah. <laughs> rolls out of camp, shoots one on the road. You're like, Jesus Christ, man! <laughs> and he's oh, you just gotta know where they are. That's right. right. Yeah, you guys, you gotta go to the right spots, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, but other than that, there's not much going on. It's been a pretty hell of a good year this year with both of us yeah we got a stone sheep in august and a couple of elk in september and neither of us pulled a moose leh this year which is makes for eight years in a row but <laughs> i don't know how they go how they draw that shit but i'm thinking about next time i might as well slip 100 in when i submit it yeah, yeah. Oh, that's whatever whatever i'm doing ain't working that gets harder in the digital age you can't really slip 100 in over the computer nowadays i know Fuck. <laughs> i never thought of it yeah that's pretty dumb to say <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i mean at least we're not eating tag soup this year no Fuck how no. many years we waded through buck brush chasing elk and come home empty-handed so it's uh yeah it's been an awesome season and yeah yeah, our stone sheep hunt which um we're not going to touch too far on because that's just going to be a little teaser for you guys for a a future app but uh yeah for the first time for me going northern bc it was (laughs) awesome i mean unforgettable i mean most trips to northern bc i think for hunters are unforgettable but that one yeah that one will be one for the, the record book for me um that was good yeah, that was a that was a hell of a hunt, dude. That was my third cheap hunt 
And yeah, it was, yeah. Anyways, we'll dive into that on our next upcoming episode here. We're going to dive deep into what we did for preparation, whatnot. So yeah, you guys will have to stay tuned and catch that episode because it's that was a hell of a fucking trip. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a good one. It was awesome. And then yeah, the season yeah. carried on, and I typically being south here get more opportunity to chase chase elk. You know, basically whenever I want, any day of the week, and and get out and and Kurt. You know, being north, he has opportunity, but they're they're tougher, more pressured hunts up there, and there's not as many areas to go. So. For him to tag out early in September, um, I'd have to say I was jealous. Yeah, I, I would say jealous. Je- I'm not going to lie here. I'll be candid about it. I was jealous. And, and I was, you know, I jealous for two reasons. I was honestly jealous because I like to be involved and, and kill elk too. But I, I was jealous because I wasn't there. I think that elk hunt for us with, between me and you, it's like that's one of those times of the year where we, we've been together so many times. And for you to put it on the ground without me, I'm like, oh, I wish I was there for that experience but uh oh i know man it was it's tough hunting elk around here just because there's so many fucking hunts yeah <laughs> I mean, it's, it's and that's good, good. yeah, I mean, it's, yeah everyone has that same feeling i think but like where where i live it's just such a couple small areas that have an elk population that you can hunt and it's kind of in between two towns so you're and there, there's other areas too, but I hunt this area all the time. And, you know, both seasons usually pretty quiet, but usually not a lot's talking. And then as soon as you get into rifle season, ah, there is people everywhere. But I got lucky. Like it's, you know, we'll make another elk hunt episode here too coming oh, up. Yeah, elk. We'll dive deeper into elk hunt. We'll dive deeper into our hunts from this year and, and break hunts. it down and tell the story. And, oh, it's, yeah. Nothing beats it though. I don't think like that's hunting elk is my favorite thing to do. Yeah, well, I think far. it's our favorite thing to do. I think hunting elk's what hunting elk's probably you know one of the reasons we wanted to do a podcast and hear from other listeners and just get out there. Like it's I don't know we're pretty infatuated with the the whole experience. So yeah, it's a good one. And then you know to top it off, and I tagged out later september so the jealousy was able to go away maybe it even flipped the other way yeah yeah, yeah. oh definitely jealous when you send me pictures of that lob you killed i was like Fuck. my bowl was a decent bowl and then i see pictures of yours i'm like Fuck. yeah i mean it's <laughs> dwarfed mine it's just one of those those hunts you know it was, it was an unforgettable and i can't wait to share that story with with our podcast listeners that's as many experiences as we've been on elk hunting and calling, this is one to top them. And then there was like a, just different. The pack out was long and hard, which, you know, <laughs> not a ton of fun, but it's, it's a type of fun. <laughs> it's, it's fun when you get back and it's all said and done yeah. and then you're, you're happy. But, you know, I, we've packed mine out in that exact same spot last year and it is a bastard of a pack yeah. out. But I would go back in and hard work. So, yeah, hundred percent. Well, there's a reason why we went back every year for five years in a row. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, you know, oh, ooh, ooh, Jesus. <laughs> no, Pops Blue Ribbon caught up to me there. Uh, I could, I could. <laughs> no, no free ads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not not trademark. <laughs> 
Yeah. Fuck, I could almost hear what you had for lunch. Oh, yeah, I can taste it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go, guy goes to the gym first time in eight months, comes home, has pizza and beer. <laughs> wow, carbs, man. You got to... Hash, hash, hashtag, <laughs> hashtag mountain athlete. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Oh, shit. If you... Uh, yeah, man. If you head out for deer in the next couple weeks are you gonna how far do you venture up there like do you have to venture very far i mean i haven't uh, since we backpack on it i haven't hunted for like serious for mule deer and fuck ever <laughs> since i was 19 maybe yeah there's there's deer everywhere around here right but like there's we go with spots where we'll go with a couple guys and basically pick a direction and just go walk through the timber yeah you know, leave the truck at whatever daylight is seven or whatever. Okay. We'll meet you back here at one, two o'clock in the afternoon, or sometimes we'll be out there all day and, you know, killed some nice bucks in there and seen other guys kill some absolute dandies. But yeah, it's, there's, there's not a lot of mountains around here that, you know, you hear guys hunting uh, Alpine bucks kind of, out west or Kootenays, yeah, East Kootenays, yeah. get get pounded down there. But up here, it's not so much, you know. Especially in November, it's there's too much snow up in the mountains here. Everyone's snowmobiling, let alone hunting deer. So a lot of it's just kind of hitting that big dark fur and just kind of tiptoeing around, and hopefully you bump them. A little bit of snow on the ground's nice because then you know that the deer are in there. Actually, yeah, that's a. But yeah. What do you think about that? I've I was actually reading a thing today, or I heard something today. Uh, guys talking about that snow push. I mean, I think those weather systems. Obviously, we hunt weather systems as hunters, but how much do you think the muleys are affected by cold snaps or snow this early? Like, what are they? You think they're moving lots? It's easier to locate, harder to locate. What do you think? Uh, well, obviously, you can locate them. You can find the tracks, but those big big muleys like guys are getting them last couple days of the season like you'll have game cameras out and like i check game cameras all the time and you know you'll get the same resident deer over and over and over again the biggest thing is if you know where the does are just keep on top of them and watch them watch them all year because all of a sudden one day it'll be end of november and all of a sudden a big six point just rolls out of absolutely nowhere and you've got him on no cameras and all of a sudden he's there for one day and he's gone and you don't see him ever again. So it's, uh, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say because mule deer, they're just, I don't know. They don't really pattern. Big ones don't pattern anyways. They just kind of like go. Yeah. Ooh. Find them, find the tracks. I mean, that's, yeah, but, that's snow, like yeah. come the, this early snow like this, I was talking to my father-in-law. He's a big hunter, and, and he he has a lot of a lot of goat knowledge, if anything. Like he've never, he's super infatuated with them, and and we're gonna ch- chase them tomorrow. And he said it's perfect. He said the snow's perfect. He's said, and the fact that you're like giving it a day, he said it's even better. You know, go in there, and now you'll see where they moved today. Because what you look for is the tracks and the snow with your glass, and you use your optics and that that makes you stay glassing you know that cliff side or that mountain if you see tracks in the snow you know they're laying down in there somewhere they're not too far so i think 
you know, just for that, get out, you know, as a hunter, if these storms come in, everything you ever read or talk about, you, uh, you want to hunt these systems, get out there, put the time in. Yeah. Well, the weather, the weather, well, moon phases and weather will get either shit will hunker down if a storm's coming in or after the storm, everything just seems to be out moving. So I don't know, guys, it's kind of, I mean, I've seen people say deer aren't out in the rain and I've seen fucking deer everywhere pissing down rain. Same as moose, same as elk. <laughs> it's, I think the wind, the wind's got more to do with it. If it's super windy, shit just yeah. hunkers down. But if it's socked in raining all day, they're still moving. It's, they got to feed, they got to water, whatever, right? Yeah, we just but, don't want to be out there in the yeah, rain. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's just finding an yeah. excuse not to I don't care how good your rain gear is. It's still never fun to hunt in the rain. Let's be honest. No, fuck no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Nomad Recreation, offering the first walking beam pull-behind ATV trailer with modular aluminum tubs and pop-up base camp design. Go farther and stay longer on your next backcountry adventure. Check out Nomad on Instagram at Nomad Recreation or contact them via email at nomadbc.rec at gmail.com. So for your goat hunt tomorrow, what uh, you plan on packing in your backpack? <laughs> yeah. Usually October, I don't have to prepare too much for cold or winter conditions. But, yeah, this would be more like what I'd normally pack in middle of November. So it, uh, I'm going to pack. My feet is like the one thing I'm debating with how to keep them warm. I find, and I don't know if this is everyone who hikes late season or backpacks late season in, in BC or anywhere where it's cold, my feet in my hiking boots, I can't keep them warm. If, if I'm hiking, it's okay. But when you're on a goat trip, you spend a lot of times glassing before you start hiking on them. So I think my first thing to keep my feet going, I might actually put my Sorrells in and wear them, just my straight up winter boots on the quad, even outside the truck, you know, spending the time trying to find the goats, keeping my feet warm. And then if we we end up finding a billy that, that we want to get closer to or try to pursue, then I'm probably throw my hiking boots on at that point. Um, late season kind of safety gear for the mountains. I like to throw in just one of those cheap sets of the rubber ice cleat kind of old person walking shoes. You can get it, you know, Canadian Tire, Walmart. Those always I found come in handy. Um, there's not enough snow right now to throw snowshoes in, but that's something on my list that I'll often have strapped to the quad just in case, but the, it won't be that deep. Are those, layer, uh, are those those kind of yak tracks type things? Yeah. Yeah. I've used the, of... yeah, I've used a few sets of those. I've used the chain versions, the cleat versions, just the, yeah, the stretchy rubber. Yeah. Yak tracks is one of them. Um, then you just find them at different. They're usually pretty inexpensive. Uh, I've seen guys pack crampons. I've even packed crampons before. Uh, it does come in handy if you know your terrain you're going into. But I, I know where we're going, and, and I shouldn't get into any ice sheets. But honestly, just those little things coming down with a load, 
in the snow on those steep rocks and then even in the tree areas it sure helps a lot to have better footing so that's one thing i'm definitely throwing in yeah. um i'm gonna stick with layering as far as my gear i'm gonna probably have i don't know next to skin long underwear i'll probably throw some kind of synthetic down type or synthetic fill long underwear underneath a, a good hiking pant and then even on top of that for the quad ride like i find i it's a chilly quad ride in, in this temperature so i i have an old set of wool pants still from huh, i think our parents or grandpa or something and i can't beat those things you throw those wool pants on they're really big but i throw them on over top of everything and that sure locks in some warmth um and then I'll, same on the upper, I'll throw a few next to skins, probably wear it down and then have always have my rain gear as an added, at least I can hike in all of it. So that's kind of clothing touch on, uh, optics wise, I'll be packing my 15 power binos, Swaros, spotter, have that tripod, trekking poles are always on my bag. Even in early season, I like to have the trekking poles if I'm, if I'm going in. And then what else would I have to tomorrow? Water. Water's tough in the cold temperatures, but you always have extra water. I'll keep it at the truck even. And, you know, gloves are pretty key too. Like I, I usually carry late season. I usually carry a couple pairs, you know, one specific just for quadding, like your big bulky, maybe a more of a mitt type glove. And then I'll, have one a little bit more finger style but will still keep you warm and then i'll often you know wear the attack glove or something too just depends on the temperatures but tomorrow looks like it's gonna be cold they're predicting minus 10 overnight so i'm sure we're gonna be into some negative temperatures all day yeah yeah do you bring any like puffy jackets or down pants or anything like that yeah i'll have a down jacket in. I don't have down pants, but like I said, the synthetic fill is kind of what I've been going with the last few years. Socks, you know, merinos have been my go-to. I've been playing with different sock thicknesses, but I can't get my feet warm in my hiking boots in these late season hunts. So that's why I think I'm going to wear the felt packs and then try to keep hiking to stay warm when I put my boots on. I don't know if everyone has this. That would actually be interesting if, uh, you know, comment talk about it send us an email does anyone have solutions for keeping your feet your toes warm mainly in an actual mountain boot like a hiking boot you know i i don't think the boot changes i've talked to different guys that have the same problem and they have different brands of boot i don't know what do you do do you find that kurt that your feet will will get cold late in your in your tight boot oh definitely my feet sweat like crazy whether i'm at work hunting doesn't matter I, my feet are wet all the time so making sure i have good wool socks on like i always like to rock that smart wool and i've yeah. got the thick ones the thin ones the medium ones and depends how big your boots are my mendels run pretty tight so yeah. having the thick ones on i kind of get sore not sore spots but it gets real tight on my feet yeah so i kind of then i had the the thin ones where they're all right in summertime but yeah they're those medium ones are pretty good, but usually after a year, they're completely worn right out. You can see they get thin spots in them, and once they get thin spots, it seems to kind of 
doesn't insulate my feet as good. But regardless, once you get into those mountain boots, a lot of them don't have any insulation in them just because you're usually sweating your ass off when you're hiking. Yeah. So I don't know. Insoles might make a difference. First thing, I don't know. I don't buy expensive insoles. I just go get the Dr. Scholl's gel soles and throw those. I buy a new set every year and throw them in. Um, yeah, I don't know. I had those Irish setter elk trackers for a while and they're, they're warm, super warm. Like for around here in November, looking for mule deer, you know, you're not really hiking mountains or in the rocks or nothing. So generally they're pretty, that's kind of my go-to, but if you're climbing, especially for goats and whatnot, you need that stiff shank boot to just to be able to get up and down those hills. So yeah, I yeah. don't know if anyone's got an opinion on if they get cold feet, if it's socks, insoles, different types of boots, you know, let us know and we'll share it in the, the next episode or something yeah, like that. That'd be a good share. I would love that. Someone tells me how to keep my feet warm late season in my mountain boots. I'd be like, Oh, this guy, he's got to come on the podcast. We need some of that knowledge. <laughs> yeah. And I like when I'm at work in steel toes or whatnot, like my feet sweat. And then all of a sudden, as soon as I'm done working hard, then I instantly just get cold and my toes go numb right away. Yeah. So yeah, hit us back and let us know what you guys got for options. And Yeah. That's always we'll a problem for me. I mean, I think the other thing I throw in always is two way radios. We always carry a set with goat hunting. One of our strategies often is to have a spotter lower down on the mountain or on the road and, and spotting these goats. And then you always give the hunter the radio and you can help guide him in that terrain. I don't know how many well, if there's any beginner goat hunters, like I've been doing it a few times, I've been on a few trips and it, that's the worst thing is you get tight to the mountain. So I always have the two-way radios in that way. You can tell the hunter if they're still in the location they need to be, or you can sometimes guide them, you know, in a safer route, like head towards these trees. It looks better or that kind of thing. So that's another thing I see typically throw in the bag for a goat hunt. I always have the jet boil this time of the year. I love making a hot coffee or, an instant coffee or anything or even heck I've had uh, a mountain house lunch. I'm not even, I'm not backpacking. I'm not, I could get home in a few hours, but there's something about just throwing the jet boil on and, and making a mountain house or any kind of freeze dried lunch and just warms you up and, you, and you'll stay in the woods a little bit longer in those negative temperatures. I don't know if you've ever packed in your jet boil this late or, or what you do this time of the year. Oh, yeah, I take that thing everywhere. If I'm going fishing at work, you know, sometimes you're tired or hungover, who knows what, yeah. and you just need to pick me up. So you <laughs> mix in a, a Starbucks Via, and you're good to go for a while. Yeah. And same as you can get lots of that stuff, um, Nomad uh, food and shit. You get the soups and stuff. Yeah, the soup would be good, yeah. Well, we had the yeah, borscht like this we year. Had, yeah. yeah, we had the borscht and the sheep hunt, and, you know, it's obviously it's not like fresh, but man, if you're cold, especially I find fishing too. I just freeze my ass off and like spring fishing on the boat yeah. where you're wet and cold and you spark that thing up and make a coffee and everyone around you likes you. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, I did it just the other day. We were getting firewood, me and the father-in-law and it was chilly. It was, it snowed the night before this couple, couple weekends ago or last weekend and I, you know, we stopped for lunch midday and I said, you want a coffee? And he's like, well, no, there'll be a lot of trouble. And I said, no, no, it's not trouble. Like flash the jet boil, you boil water in a couple minutes and 
you have coffee and he, he was like, Oh, this is, this is good. And I was like, yeah, cause it's backcountry coffee. <laughs> Everything tastes good in the backcountry. Oh yeah. So that's good. I, I really started doing that with mine when I was uh, guiding moose, you know, middle of the day, it's nothing to do. You know, nothing's moving at one o'clock in the afternoon. So you're like, wow, well, we'll stop and call. Well, you're basically calling to nothing. So you sit there, spark up the jet bowl, have a coffee, tell your hunter some bullshit stories and, you know, yeah, no. Take your coffee and kill kill some time for the evening hunt, right? Yeah, I so, think it always it keeps you yeah. in, it keeps you back there. I think those that's actually something I've learned o- over the years. I don't. I'm sure you have too. Is those little, I don't know, necessity items, the little items that make you feel just better in the cold, shitty, miserable times. Those are super key to just pers- pushing your way through the whole day in the cold weather or not quitting because of the weather or those kind of things. So yeah, those little items, I don't mind the weight of a jet boil and, and some coffee in my backpack. I'm not one of those kind. I mean, I think both of us, we're not too crazy about weight saving everything. So I, I will pack those kind of items, especially late. Yeah. I'm, if it's a couple extra pounds, I'd rather be comfortable than being freezing my ass off or being hungry or, anything right like usually when i go hunting i got absolutely everything i own in my bag and if it's heavier 10 pounds 20 pounds heavier than everyone else well in a situation where shit hits the fan and you know i i've got this in my backpack we're good you know it pays itself off so yeah you know it's i'd sacrifice a little bit of weight for a little bit of being comfortable any day of the week yeah i i think i can attest to that we've both been in those situations where it's like screw it let's just put a little bit of comfort burn a few more calories which we probably could use so you know a little extra training (laughs) mid-hunt yeah oh yeah 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 i mean it's not hurting us that's yeah (laughs) yeah we you we can afford to pack a few pounds on the body we can afford to pack a few extra pounds in the pocket yeah exactly so yeah, I think exactly. that's kind of my quick, like this is a, I guess for any listeners, like we're not goat hunting overnight. This is truck, truck from the house into the mountains. I luckily live where the mountains are next door. So I get to have that. So where I can just drive from my house, couple, you know, an hour maybe at the most and, and be into some glassing of goats. So for us, I don't need to prep for an overnighter or any bivy style or anything like that. So just to clarify that, my gear is for a day trip. You know, one day, a little bit of food, be comfy for the day, help my partner maybe get on a goat, you know, teach him some of the – I'm not a pro goat hunter by any means, but I honestly I don't know that many people that hunt goat almost every year. So I guess that's one thing. Like I basically get on goats every year at some point, so – which I think is a bit of a yeah a lucky thing for me and just lucky for a lot of BC residents to be able to, you know, head into the mountains and goat hunt or sheep hunt or any of these hunts. I, I've always thought that we were very lucky with the opportunities we had, you know, and to keep those opportunities alive. Yeah, we're, we're pretty lucky where we live, whether it's southern BC, northern BC, central BC basically everywhere other than the lower mainland <laughs> there's an, an abundance of animals you can't to, say that uh, on here to go chase oh yeah <laughs> we can say well, whatever we want 
<laughs> that's why that's why they all come up here. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> true. Yeah. They know how lucky they are to leave the yeah. lower mainland to hunt. That's right. Yeah. Oh yeah. But they they throw money into all the small communities, you know, well, up in the north. 100%. Or whatever it's it's yeah, I mean, love them, hate them, it is what it is and it it keeps the money flow coming in and out of these small communities up north and it wasn't for the influx of hunters in the fall. A lot of those communities, you know, there wouldn't be, you know, some bigger restaurants up north or gas stations in good spots yeah. where you need them, right? So, but fuck nowhere, gas station all of a sudden. Yeah. Isn't, yeah, isn't that nice? So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, well, we're, uh, we're going to wrap it up here for this episode. It's, yeah. If you guys enjoyed it, like it, share it, yeah. and hit us up with some comments. And, yeah, if there's anything you want us to talk about or dive into, let us know. And, you know yeah, or if, yeah, if there's something, something we've been talking about for something we've been talking about for a long time, getting into something like this. And, you know, the more, more info we get back from you guys, the better it's going to get. So you got anything else to say? Yeah, no, I think that's good. Um yeah, hearing from listeners would be great. I think that'd be super helpful. Uh, I mean, Kurt and Mai's passion just for hunting in BC in general, I would say is like second to none just from the experiences and people that I've talked to. But I know there's guys out there that are just as passionate as we are. So, I mean, let us know and, and we'd love to hear from you and stories. And, you know, we'd probably do listeners topics at some point or listeners podcasts. So, yeah, we'd really like to hear from you. I mean, that's how I am. I think Kurt's the same way. Just input would be great. We want to, you know, we want to know what's out there. We're, we're our, our understanding of, of what people want to listen to and hear from in BC, I think is really important. So yeah, this was fun. Yeah. We're, we're just a couple normal dudes trying to do extraordinary hunts on, on a budget because we ain't rich by no yeah. means. So um yeah and I, I think we fall in the same category as probably 90 percent of the hunters yeah we're not yeah we're no we're not so. special at all we just put in a lot of stupid time sometimes <laughs> and, uh, you yeah. know <laughs> yeah might might be a little hard with the home life but <laughs> you know we're not the only ones i know other happy, guys are doing it so yeah, happy wife happy life but we try to get out of hunting as much as we possibly can yeah, push the boundaries yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, guys, thanks a lot for listening and stay tuned for the next episode. Yeah. Take Hunt care. Hard. Bye. Hunt hard. Come out heavy. <laughs> Peace. Peace. Hey, guys. This episode is brought to you by Precision Optics. You in the market for some new binoculars or spotting scopes? How about a new rifle? Check them out. These guys got everything that you need to get started in the backcountry. They got spotters, binos, rangefinders, and rifle scopes from all the top brands. Swarovski, Night Force, Leica, Zeiss, you name it, they got it. How about a new rifle? These guys are carrying Gunworks, Fierce, Seiko, many, many other brands. They got the best equipment at the best prices. So check them out. Their Instagram is at Precision Optics, and their website is precisionoptics.net. Give these guys a check out, it'll be worth your while.